out of curiosity, by the way, I looked up Meet Joe Black on TV Tropes just because sometimes, like, there's, like, someone points at me out I didn't miss. Mm-hmm. Someone singled out the, like, patois scene as, like, wow, what a marvelous work with an accent. Ugh. <laughs> I'm back on this TV trope thing. Foreshadowing. The film opens with a slow pan across a tree to reveal, to reveal Bill's estate. The same tree that Joe waits beneath at the end of the movie. Which one is this? Is that foreshadowing quite? <laughs> that's that's bookending. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or, or, like, or, or think... filmmaking. <laughs> what is it foreshadowing? We have the same Foreshadowing tree. that there will be a tree later on yeah. in the movie. Then we're going to come back to this tree. Remember, this tree's important, guys. <laughs> Punny name. This is the most Oh, angry. is it Will Parish? Yeah, but it's okay. the most angry, like... Fr- it's, here's how it's phrased <laughs> yeah. in TV tropes. Yeah. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good day to you. Welcome to Why Do We Watch This, the podcast where three chums make a theme cocktail, watch a bad movie while they drink it, talk about what they like, what they did not like, and then, at the end, how they'd fix it. As for me, though, my name is Brendan Drischler. I'm Chris Ravel. My name is Lee Delahanty. Thank you all for meeting me here this evening. I'm using my NPR I was going to say, I was just about to say, are we doing our NPR voice? Yes, thank you. I've gathered you all here in the living room so that we can have a brief discussion before we reveal the uh, upcoming movie and the drink we'll be making for that movie as well. Lee, would you like to bump... (laughs) I legit don't think we're going to string on the levels. I was going to say, just wait. (laughs) Lee, let's, uh, let's talk about jazz. I love jazz. All that jazz. Bob Fosse. So first of all, the movie we will be watching two weeks from today, hence, will be 1998's Meet Joe Black, directed by Martin Brest, starring Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, and Claire Forlani. I'm not sure who that is. I am. <laughs> but we'll find out. I've never seen this movie before. I know it's long. You guys have? I have. Yeah, I can't believe you've never seen it. It literally never came up. The one thing I know about this movie is that the trailer for Phantom Menace played before it, and so a bunch of people bought tickets to this Ah. just so they could see the trailer for Phantom Menace and then left. And then left. Which, frankly, at the end of this, I will be interested in seeing what's better, the trailer for the Phantom Menace or (laughs) Mitchell Black. Um, I think I saw this when my parents, like, rented it from Blockbuster. I rented this a lot myself. It was one of the two VHS tape. Oh, uh, yeah. Our, our library had it on VHS, so I do yeah. remember that. <laughs> it came in, like, a special big-ass box. Yeah. It's, um, it's a long one, for sure. Uh, I think... I am kind of, I'm interested to see how I'm going to feel about it as an adult, because I'll tell you, as an 11-year-old, I, I was not interested. I like that as a kid, and I like that as an adult. We've gone over this. It's well-established in my backstory. It's that canon. This is the kind of thing that called to me as a child, and it still calls Update to me. Update your wikis, everyone. Leave it to I saw, like, movie about death, and I was like, yep. That sounds like a thing I want to watch. What a profound child she was. Yep. Now that you are an adult, though, you can imbibe in alcoholic beverages, and the alcoholic beverage we'll be making for Micho Black is called Lightning Could Strike. It's one ounce gin, one ounce chartreuse, one ounce maraschino, and one ounce lemon juice. And you're just going to shake it all up with some ice and then pour it into a cocktail glass. I'm excited for that chartreuse. Yeah, I'm excited to add it to our um, repertoire because we definitely, there's so many times when I wish we had it. Quick question. Is, Quick answer. Uh, is that green chartreuse or a different green? It's supposed to be green, but if you wanted to, I would f- be fine with either, honestly. Green is the classic. I'm kind of going to get green. I would okay. go with green. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like get a movie, a drink for this movie was like a bit of, like, I feel like this is just the best we could do. I don't really think that it screams. 
There's no drink that really screams like death. Angel Black or death, even. I guess in this situation, it's a cocktail that I guess seems classy enough that this like movie full of rich people might drink or something. Yeah, yeah, it's appropriate in that sense. You know but what I mean? It's like a very it's, it's like because if you just wanted to get a, a drink that was like super deadly, that doesn't really that'd be more appropriate for like a gritty action movie than like this weird florid movie about the meaning well, of life. <laughs> yeah, it's also a variation of a cocktail called Last Word, so it's yeah. like, you know, the it last will and testament, like, you know, the last thing you say before you die. Yeah. Spoiler alert, this is a movie about death. Well, it's... I mean, I guess we'll get into the episode. No, we won't. We're going to skip all this. It's a remake of uh, Death Takes a Holiday. Yep. Anyways, we'll go into that two weeks from now. For this mini-episode, uh, we have a topic that Lee had pitched to us a while ago about emotions, about weepies, about the things you feel when you're watching the pictures flicker across the screen emotions at 24 frames per second. And whether yes. or not you second them. That's right. And whether or not you feel the things that the movie is making you try to feel. Do you second that emotion? Holy shit, I that, do. that got me so bad. We did a third. It's been a long day. Nope. I third that emotion? Is that quorum? <laughs> the, mo- the emotion carry. I abstain. On the nope, I abstain courteously. God damn it. <laughs> No motion. No motion feels. All right. I'm a little bunchy, guys. Clearly. So we've got a couple of discussion topics to cover for this mini episode, and we'll just see where we go from there. So, guys, let's talk about them feelies that you might catch when you're watching the movies. So what are some cheap tricks that movies pull to get you all emotional, to get Um, the old waterworks flooding? Oh, my God. If I had had any idea what any cheap trick song right now was, I'd make that joke. Oh, if only. If only they were relevant enough for us uh, to use Yeah, I would start, like, shouting out cheap trick song names, but I definitely don't know a single song by them. Nor do I. Or even what they sound like. Nope. I did see them once, and I forgot i mm. i had like one song by them didn't cheap trick do holy water probably i don't know they're, they're i think i'm pretty sure the guy was high at disney when i saw him good for him <laughs> that's fine for him, <laughs> for him that for, was fun for, for everyone him. really <laughs> like well, in, in in general or for yeah for me specifically no, no well, i think just cheap tricks that like movies employ all right yeah. so like like the the fake out death right like it's yeah. also i've heard it referred to as, death. as the disney death like so they the, die and they don't really die. Or, or something i was thinking more like at the like i don't know if it works but like the if you remember it rather but like the end of the jungle book where blue is like dead uh, we all think blue is dead and then blue like gets up and no he's fine or like uh to a lesser extent like frozen or beauty and the beast right where yeah. it's like oh the beast is dead no he's not it's it's so you can go through the emotion of like we've lost this character but yeah, then they, also they feel sort of great like when they come back pass out yeah exactly and yeah then, and then they're like actually then you take them to the pokemon center and you realize everything's <laughs> okay after all. thanks chancy Oh my god, I would... That's a definitely a cheap trick that I feel like is specially made for children. Isn't it, it is yes. definitely made for children. I suppose it's like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just an easy way to like expose children to what death is like without actually having to go through the motions of like, point, you know... Honestly. Well, and they're also, I mean, I think that's less of a, somewhat less of a thing now, but in general they try to avoid, like, fatalities in cartoons. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, Lion King, right? That's true. Death, yeah, death is used in... Even I think in a lot of older ones. Yeah, death death is more like it's 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 times. more of like an abstract thing that you encounter in the prologue sometimes where it's like, oh, their mom died when they were yeah. a child yeah, and yeah, then like their dad died. The have, yeah, like, moms. Yeah. 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 They, they have short dumpy well, fathers. Could that be would that be considered maybe like a cheap trick movies will employ of like dead parent? No, usually. because that's Well, I mean, because I, I don't, yeah, I don't think, like, within the that first five minutes, you. you're not like, oh my god, her yeah, mother died! Yeah, just, like, sees a single parent and who's Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, God bless you. If that's something that gets you going, then more power to you. I wish I could feel the level of emotional commitment someone like that would feel <laughs> to a movie. My number one with a bullet for Cheap Tricks was, um, I mean, number one with a bullet 
at the very start in music, but then like I'm trying. I was trying. Sorry, say that again. Music. Okay. But I was trying to dig deeper, but I don't. I'm not like a music. Um, I, I'm an enthusiast. A lover, not I a fighter. Not a, yeah, not a fighter. <laughs> not a music fighter. So I really, I was trying to dig deeper of like what are the specific things that they do. Yeah. I mean, I know there's like that sort of like, I don't have words for any of this stuff, but there's that sort of like sweeping, I feel like it's always like sweeping strings, right? There's definitely that moment where it's like, and you can, when it's really bad, Mm -hmm. when it's done ineptly, like it's really obvious what's happening, where like, it's like the score, like it goes quiet and then a character says something and then the score swells out again. But then sometimes they'll do it twice in a row and (laughs) and it's instantly like, what the, like it instantly becomes super cheesy. It's like supposed to give it gravitas and like, yeah, like swell and power. Yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, this is not helpful for like illustration, but all I can think of is like. Of one of the really bad examples was from like a, a J drama that I was a Japanese television show that I was watching where like they did that thing where like it was the score was playing it was like the song you'd heard it a bunch of times it plays during like all the emotional scenes and like he says like a, a line that's sort of like the semi like the 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 second to last paragraph in his essay of like and then this blah 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 and then it just da da and then like <laughs> there's another pause and it kind of gets quiet again and the, and the the person next to him like says like yes it is isn't it and then he goes. Like, <laughs> 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 Can we hit that cue again, please? <laughs> yeah, like, and it does have like a second refrain, like that bit of the score. Mm-hmm. So like, it wasn't like they were like re- re- like reversing the track to play it again, but it was still like, come on, yeah. you get to have one of those. <laughs> it's like you guys know what, like the orchestra hit is, and in, in so, like where they just like everyone does the note in the orchestra, like dead. Where it's like all the strings and the it's actually like a keyboard. Um, so it's font. like it's like the whole orchestra does a sting. Kind of? Yeah, like a sting. I guess sting is also the word okay. for it. Yeah, I've heard. But sting. it's on like a keyboard, like on my Casio keyboard. Like it's there's like a font for it called Orchid where you can just do it in every. It just sounds kind of like roughly the sound of every instrument in the orchestra doing a sting. But they're like in those trailer songs. A lot of the times they'll just like. If, the, if you're not a great composer, I feel like if you're not inept and you're not, like, I don't know, if you're too uh, flamboyant or, like, what's the opposite of, like, restrictive when you, like... Loose? Heavy. Yeah. yeah. Bombastic? Yeah, but, like, when you just, like, decide you have no limits on how much you can use that, like, <laughs> you get these songs <laughs> that just have, like, sting, 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 yeah, it's just people saying sting over and over again. Sting, 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 sting. Score is a good point, though. That is, I mean, that's definitely something that, I mean, just, you know, biting into the fact that scores are designed to heighten any sort of emotional moment in a movie. Like, obviously, if... So if you're doing... If you're, like, halfway there, the music is definitely going to be something that helps you, like, kick it up over... I mean, I feel like I'm not... I know, like, I know for a fact that I definitely, like, I know this with horror and, and sounds in general, that, like, mm. I'm very sensitive to loud noises, and so, like, the first thing I do in a horror movie is, is cover my ears, because it, it makes everything less scary, and, like, every, everything just less effective on yeah. me. Um, and I do know that, like, in general, music is very powerful on people, but I feel like not everyone is as affected by the music, Right? Like, there probably are people who are not me and who don't. In horror, though, it. is it the music itself, or is it, like, the ambient noise? It's bold. Not about okay. both, I think. Because I yeah. feel like, because well, I feel like a lot of the time for like scary stuff, it's not very. It's it's usually more atmospheric music. It's not really like, 
you know, it's it's not something necessarily like bigger noticeable. It might just be sort of like strings or like a few notes yeah, played I was because you don't want to detract from. That's, no, I know, yeah, that's true. Comparison. But I can think of some horror movies that have used kind of a score to like overwhelm people, like in kind of like almost well, there's like, a like when they do the strings that are like the like the, 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 the psycho strings. strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one thing I was thinking of is um, just in terms of like how the score of it can sort of like just give you that extra nudge that you need to like sort of devolve into like a sobbing mess <laughs> yeah is um so i've seen both the hbo miniseries angels in america and then rich and i saw the oh, um yeah. um national theater live angels in america they like they did it in london they had recorded it and they streamed it in theaters yeah and oh so, was that one of the jlc do like at the college and stuff yeah. Like that? yeah yeah um it was really good but um so at, at the end of the play basically it's um you know it's it's it can be in in some respects a fairly depressing play just because of the subject matter you know like aids and that sort of thing but uh the end of the play is basically just like one of the characters talking about how like you know this this disease will be the end of many but it will not be the end of all and he's going to continue living and like and it's like when we were watching yeah and we were watching the uh, national theater live like there's no there's not really a lot of underscoring because it's a straight play and for the most part straight plays don't always have underscoring like they might have some sort of like scene change music yeah so there really wasn't any score for that and it's still very moving because of like you know the the acting and the dialogue and like what you're being presented and so I was watching like oh yeah like wow this is really well done yeah. but then when I watched like the HBO miniseries it has it's the same you know same sequence but d- different actors shot on actual like in, in, in Central Park but it has Thomas Newman's score going to that every time like I watch that I'm like a blubber mess by the end of it because like the score is just so fucking effective at like giving me that extra little push to just yeah. like cause me to start crying so it's just sort of really interesting how for, for me at least the music can be like a huge part of that yeah I feel like another I, I mean some of the stuff I hesitate to call like a cheap trick because like I, right I mean it's, it's not all yeah like it's a point it's, you're, it's just right yeah no we should we should probably clarify these aren't all like easy yeah easy gimmicky ways to no, make you start but crying. like definitely like with yeah. the score right like the thing that I was talking about like the, the double swell or the, even the single swell is sometimes <laughs> is, is what, often achieved what about that trip swell I've never seen it. if you guys find a trip swell let me know I'll, I'll take a look at it <laughs> I mean I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of a good swell you know what I mean like, like there are definitely good like, Mitchell Black has a good okay. swell I will tell you this like there's a part it, part of the reason why this was the topic I wanted to do was because um, even after we decided to I, I, I wanted to do this already. Like, I was excited mm-hmm. to do this. And then even after we put it on the schedule, it was on Netflix. I just discovered it one night when I didn't have anything to watch. And I was like, let me, like, rewatch. And I, was, I thought I was going to watch, like, bits of it. And then I watched most of it. And um, there's a part at the end that, like, I forgot how good that bit was. And it, like, it li- literally always hits me so hard. Um, I think I have a special thing for, like, uh, like loss and acceptance and grief. Mm-hmm. Like, so that, it was, like, it's, it's, like, hits all of the things that, like, I'm already, like, caring about a lot, and it's done really well, where, like, Anthony Hopkins does a thing, and then the music swells, and it just, like, it's enough, like, it's really good. So we'll, we'll get a good example of that. Um, I look forward to hearing and seeing it. The thing that I wanted to bring up with score as well is that if you have introduced a lot of, like, themes throughout it, and you've drawn strong connections yeah, to those true. themes with certain things, and, like, you bring back a theme unexpectedly at a time, it can, like, and it, that can, I mean, obviously that's used for a lot of things. It can herald things before, like, it can foreshadow yeah. things moments before they happen, or, like, um, but, like, if a character had a theme, and then that theme comes in a moment at the end of the Yeah, or if movie. someone has died and you're hearing their theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie, yeah. Um... And there, I mean, we're talking about, like, movies and stuff, but there are 
Mariana's Trench, this band that I really like that does all these concept albums, like they reuse themes from older songs and older albums even sometimes really well at, mo- at like key moments in their songs. Um, and that always that always gets me too. Hmm. Um, I think outside of score and the fake death. Yeah. I mean, is there also a thing in general of, like, women, or, or not women, sorry, uh, children are, like, cute pets in peril? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's certainly true. And I, I mean, that's, that's, the, easy, that's, that's, that's the easy one. I right? feel that's like very animals like a, is, a, is a neat... Right, like, you just... One you of simply, the things that I'm going to talk about later is definitely related right, to Right, you simply don't kill the dog. Like, that's the more... Right. Like, if you've killed the dog, it's like you've, create, you've committed an egregious sin, and There's you know like that, a, like... Yeah. If you want to, like, soften a character who's a dick, you have him, like, cuddle a kitten or... Pet the dog. Yeah. It's called pet the dog moments. Yeah. Um, you have something like John Wick, right? Which is predicated around right, yeah. like the vengeance that one character is seeking for, you know, against the people who killed his dog. And like you as an audience member, just like, you know what, whatever you got to do, you go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> they killed your dog. I, it's okay. I think it also, it draws you in because you're all like, I'm a crazy pet owner. Too. Well, I mean, it's not even that. It's just that like animals are innocent, right? That's why yeah. like, if we see, you know, a stray dog on the streets, we're like, oh my God, the dog is lost. Like, let's find your owner dog. If you see a homeless person, it's like, fuck you, get out of my way after you right. donuts. Yeah. I was going to say, your mileage may vary on which one, either children or pets, <laughs> like, do that for you. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes if I see a child, I try and get them fixed and take them to a shelter, too. Oh, interesting. Just so it's kind safe. of the same for you, like a lateral move. I mean, you just want to make sure the streets are clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are yeah. there other, like, narrative choices that are really shitty? Easy to, cheap. like, yeah. to like get emotion for that sort of yeah. thing? I mean... I mean, like, like we said, obviously, death is a huge one, right? Just like, yeah. just, I mean, not even, we, we said fake, out, we said like the fake out death, but like, yeah. obviously. I mean, like the real death of like a loved one of some kind, a relative, girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I mean, a lot of, a, you... a lot of the, like the times I've cried in actual movies are, you know, related to a character dying or I don't know, like I'm trying, like in, like in Coco, at the end of Coco. Where he sings "Remember Me" to his great grandmother, and it's like she, she's old, but like it's not that she's like in immediate danger of dying in that sequence. It's just that like he's trying to get her to remember her father, and so like that obviously it's combining music, it's combining mm-hmm. like characters who have passed on, it's combining like remembering the people who have died before you, and like so it's it's really just like a you know quite a triple whammy of emotions. See, I was gonna say moment. like people die a lot in movies, and that's fine, I guess, but like. The, I feel like for me, death, like, death is definitely a thing that people will do to get, like, an easy weep out of someone. There's I mean, a... for sure, like, um, I don't, I guess I shouldn't, should I talk about recent movies? Like what? Like what Avengers? movie? I think we can talk about Avengers, because Disney had said the moratorium on spoilers ended, like, what was it, Monday or then last sure. Monday or something? Let's so, go yeah. for it. Well, I'm not gonna, I was told this specific, but, like, obviously Endgame, like, there were people in our theater crying over the death. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't. By the way. I didn't there, either. I that didn't, was too, too much. I didn't cry. There was someone about, like, two scenes Well, you were fucking me. posting on Facebook yeah. during that movie, so <laughs> let's talk I went, about I went to the bathroom, and then while I peed, I post on Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. But... The, there was a there was a person like two seats down from me who was like racking sobs. No, I know. Like I mean, I'm sure. Through. I mean, just, I'm sure we all heard the same I just person. Would be like, calm down. I mean, like, look, I'm not going to criticize anyone's reaction to a movie. Like, I didn't cry because, like, also I went into this movie assuming that like certain characters who have been in certain, many movies contracts whose contracts are, are over <laughs> are probably not well, going to make it out of this movie, whether they would die or whether they would just be written yeah, out. And they want to like go, go off and do other things. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, I'm still like moved in terms of the story where I'm like, oh, like, wow, like, look at the thing you did. Like, not yeah. enough to cause me to cry, but like, 
as a story beat, I can appreciate it. So, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, though, on the other hand, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, What's at the end, that? when uh, Yondu dies, mm-hmm. and they have, like, the Ravager funeral thing at the end, yeah. like, that was really, like, I wasn't, like, sobbing, but I was like, oh, wow. Like, this yeah. was, like, because, I mean, the entire movie is about, you know, the relationship, like, this, like, father figure and the son, and then, like, when Quill's actual father shows up, and it just sort of, like, it, it's all about that kind of paternal gooeyness and that's usually something that kind of gets me like the, mm-hmm. the you know not necessarily the direct like relationship between a father and a son but just like you know the people you view as a father or a mother figure in your yeah. relationship to them that's actually like a legit emotional like hook for me when movies of really any genre if there's some kind of like painful separation between parent and child and then there's a reunion every i don't cry i in general, I just don't cry at movies. It's I can count the number of times it's happened on, like, one hand. But I will, like, feel, like, a really powerful emotional response to that, just because, I don't know, there's, like, something about that I can't quite pick apart that really gets me of, like, oh, but, like, they do love each other. This is so good. See, for me, like, the, the death of someone doesn't always really do it for me, but, like, aspects of death, uh, other aspects of death and loss get to me. Um, I think, like, coming to terms with it or, like, finding some sort of, like, peace or catharsis Mm -hmm. is what gets to me, which is why, like, Micho Black really hits that note for me. Um, I think, like, noble sacrifices can also get me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Like, characters that, like... I feel like I'm really into characters that have, like, uh, atypical aspirations or life goals, and so someone that, like, finds a weird purpose... That is like, uh, like that sort of leads them to either a sacrifice or some sort of other like, you know, unfortunate destiny. It always tends to get me as well. And this is a really vaguely phrased example, but I can't think of any examples at the top of my head. Um, but like the doctor, I think has that a lot. Like the doctor's always doing these like moves where he'll have to like curse himself or like you know die. But mm-hmm. he doesn't really die. It comes back all the time because you know ratings. But uh... <laughs> gotta keep milking that cow. Yep. Um, yeah, people, I guess, like, uh, well-written speeches also get me a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, which in particular, like, like, examples of those, you know? There are multiple ones on Doctor Who that get me. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, yeah, I can think of a couple from that, too. Yeah. He's a good speechifier. Well, depends on who Twelve was really good. Um... I didn't, like, actually tear up at it, but 12 had a really... I mean, 12 had a lot of good ones, but he had one about, like, uh, his experience with, like, war, and, like, he he was, like... There was this sort of, like, eternal... There was this sort of, like, standoff, Mexican standoff between, like, an alien race and the humans, Mm -hmm. and he was sort of, like, showing them all how pointless and random it was. They basically had, like, these two buttons, and, like, each button would destroy, like, half the population, but it might be the wrong half or whatever, and so they were, like... It was, like, who's gonna hit the button first... Um, and they were, like, fighting over it, and he sort of goes on, and goes on, like, he has this really amazing speech of, like, uh, you know, how pointless war is, and she's she sort of, like, the one of the aliens is, like, challenging him on it, and he's saying, like, it's a lot to do about his his own guilt about, like, how he feels responsible for, like, de- like causing a lot of deaths of his own people, because he had to sacrifice, like, his whole planet to end the war. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it was really, that one was really good. Um... And there was another one he has after, like, he, one of his companions dies, and he's sort of trapped in this, like, eternal hell of, like, I think he was, 
he's trapped in this tr- jail cell and he finds a way out. I think I've showed you this that we talked about on sequences. Yeah. Where he has to like punch a wall that's mm-hmm. made of like diamond basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and it so he talks about that like fairy tale of like how many seconds in eternity. Um and uh, when he's like halfway through and he sort of has this like breakdown where he's like what is the point of all this cuz like at the end of it you still won't be there. And that was also really good. There's also, I mean, the, the I feel like the easiest one that we probably haven't talked about yet is just, like, the couple getting together or something like yeah. that at the end. Yeah. But that's so conditional, too. That's because not like, it, no, it is. I'm not saying, I mean, again, like, all these are conditional, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, all the time, you know, it's not that's like I'm true. sitting there crying every time a character dies. Like, <laughs> you know, boy, in Infinity War, I just couldn't stop blubbering for, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, at the end of Infinity War, once they snap happened, I was like, oh, I have to cry for every single person who's been killed now. <laughs> yeah, for every person. Yep. And then he, like, he dried his tears long enough just to see Endgame. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, especially when... Especially when they've, like, actually drawn you into caring about that relationship. Right. I mean, again, as with all things, when it's well done. Yeah. I mean, like... The one, I'm just, I was, like, scribbling down a list of, like, movies that make me emotional because I did my homework. And the one thing that I had hit, yep. Wow, implying we don't. Yep. The one, um, right, I, don't. I don't really have any rom-coms on here. The closest thing I have to that, I think, is probably Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is at the end, wherever she gets the cat, where she throws the cat out of the taxi cab oh down. She... And then, like, they get, and then, like... She's like he's looking for the cat, and she walks down, and she finds him, and it's raining, and then Moon River starts playing again. Music, there it goes again. It's just yeah. one of those again, the culmination of so many things. Like for me, I I do I do like recognize that like there is a whole audience that funds these movies that get made, like The Notebook, that make people get really emotional about like couples getting together. For me, that's like almost never. I'm generally not a fan of like of like weepy romantic movies or like even dramatic yeah ones. i mean i'm usually not either i mean like i think I, also I, I mean at least for me it depends on my emotional state because in general i would agree with you particularly on the notebook yeah which i would say is still like well done cheesy but it's still mega cheesy but like i watched that when i was in like the correct emotional window for it and i did cry so like yeah. if I mean, you're vulnerable I, to it anything can But I mean you. again also it's are you crying for them are you crying for the fact that like you know you find out at the end of the story that right, right. yeah well, about well I mean spoiler I'm not saying spo- you know I'm just saying like I can't remember the actor's name but you find out that he's telling her the story um you know because she has Alzheimer's or dementia um, or whatever so it's like are you James crying Garner, like because the couple's yeah James Garner and is it Gina Roland? Yes. Yeah. And like so it's like are you crying because you're like oh I'm so glad that um Rachel McAdams and uh, Ryan Gosling got together. Are you crying because, like, oh no, it's so sad? He's telling the story to her of how they fell in love, and she doesn't know that it's her own story. Speaking right? of, that feels like a cheap trick. Yeah, sort of like, no, it oh, does. And the curtain comes up, and yeah. it's like, or it the shoe drops. Well, I mean, again, like, I know we've covered this before, but like, um, the Robert Pattinson 9 11 thing, yes! right? Oh, I was, I was, this whole time I've been trying to think I mean, of the title. What is it called? Isn't it called, remember like, Remember Me? me? Yeah. Remember Me. It's just, like, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, the most fucking manipulative, like, way to wring yeah. emotion and out of an that, audience, just literally... be, like, literally at the end, be like, also, it's 9-11, and he's gonna die now. Right. Because Does, doesn't he, like, ask, doesn't they, they, don't they, like, push in on the date as he's, like, stepping in the elevator? They, like, of... pull out. Like, he's in his oh office, God, and they pull Lord. out, revealing that he's in the World Trade Center. I was trying to think of that in terms of just, like, Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about, audience. like, the cheapest of yeah. cheap tricks... Uh, but, I mean, there's, like, rom-coms I like a lot, and I, like, I enjoy a lot of them. I don't know that any of them have made me, like, as emotional as, like, 
the movies that have. No, which... I mean, and to be fair, also, like, I like You've Got Mail, and I like Sleepless in Seattle, but I'm not crying at the end of them when they yeah. get right. together. I'm just like, oh, that's so nice. They found each other. Like, yeah. it's, it's a different sort of emotional reaction for me. At least for me personally, I know this isn't shocking. I've, I've alluded to this many times, but... Um, like, parental figures with mental issues in movies, like, get me really bad. Um, even actually, there's a rom-com that did it. Uh, what was the one with, um, Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis? Oh, Just it's... Friends? Or no, is that the, is that the... No, it is Just yeah, Friends. Yeah, okay, what's the, what's the, what's the... No strings Cooch. attached. Okay, thank you. With, um, yeah. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Yeah, okay. Um, because in that, they have, like, Richard Jenkins playing, right. like, He's a guy like... with, like, onset Alzheimer's. Right, his dad. It's Justin Timberlake's yes. dad, right? Yeah. And it's, like, like... I thought that movie was just okay in general, but when we got to that section, I was like, whoa! And that actually did kind of, like, draw me in and, like, bruise me a little. It doesn't always... That sort of thing, like, I was thinking also Trainwreck. Isn't her dad and... Doesn't her dad have, like, Alzheimer's or something? I don't think... He's just sort of a... I thought, well, no, well, no, because he, no, he dies. Oh. He dies like. I don't think he has Alzheimer's though. But then why did he die? I thought it was like well, some degenerative. Like a whole I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it up. Because that, I mean, for me, usually when something like that happens, that's when I'm like, okay, this just feels like a cheap emotional trick to try and like wring pathos out of a story that may not normally have it. So you're like worried that the audience is not feeling properly emotionally invested. So you're like, oh, we gotta throw something tragic in here so they'll really get hooked. Yeah. So that to me is probably one of like the ones that I generally don't. Really respond to and I generally could do well without in most movies mm-hmm. uh, just kind of going off of that are they effective um, like again both to you about, we've talked about like what's yeah, effective to music's us being, music is super effective to me yeah. um, I would love to do looking to score but the mutual black score because I think it's very good I will have to try and uh, seek it out so that I can Ooh, actually listen to it no I'm sure it is because uh, I would like to hear it. I don't know a whole lot about it or even who did it. So yeah. I'll try and find out a little bit more. It's very like, once you get it, like once you listen to it a few times, it's like, I can remember it. It's not like one of those ones that sort of like, like all the, how some of the lesser Marvel ones just sort of like blend together. What were you he saying, Chris? was, they don't necessarily say, like he's just very old and he's moved to a cheaper assisted living facility. And then he just decides to take his entire stockpile of medication and he dies from <clears> over. I don't remember that at all. Okay, wow. Who played her dad? I think it was... It was someone, right? Like, it's definitely... Colin Quinn. Yeah, okay, I was, I was yeah. gonna say that, but I didn't feel... And he's not old, right? Because Colin Quinn's not like... in the 60s now. Yeah, because I was gonna say, like, he's 60s... He's probably old enough to maybe reasonably play her dad. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not questioning, like, yeah. whether or not he's old enough to play her dad. I'm saying, like, whether or not, like... Time. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Like, if a character in their 60s dies, yeah. you're like, oh, that's young for a person well, to Well, you know, I found out, I didn't realize this, because Anthony Hopkins just looks old. It's was he, like, fact. 60 in this movie? He's 65. I mean, I believe it, because he's, he's still yeah. alive now, right? How is he's 59 he? now. Okay, so yeah, so he would have been like very young. Yeah. Like 55 yeah. or something. Yeah, so that, I mean, that that to me is a little, uh, pandering is not the word I'm looking for, but you, you get what I'm saying. A little a stretch, a reach. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. But yeah, like in, in Meet Joe Black, um, when I was a kid, I was just like, well, of course he's going to die. It's his time. He's old. He's, old. He <laughs> he's, gray he's hair. so ancient and decrepit. How's gray hair? Therefore old and ready to die. <laughs> when was he when it was made? Well, like Lee's saying, he's got a, he's, he's probably like 60 or something. in his 60s, yeah. He's yeah, because he's like in his 80s now. He's yeah. not like, you know, he's old, but he's certainly um, still kicking. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that makes more sense now that I think about it, of how he sort of like has a hard time reconciling. Yeah. He, he would have been exactly 60. Yeah, so there you go. Like, like 60 yeah. is, in our day and age, a rather, you know, young age for someone to die. Yeah. Um, 
Because we're all living forever these days. Yeah, we are. I guess Singularity should, is approaching. I guess now that we're talking about like what's effective, I have to like I have to sort of talk this out because I don't really know. I don't think I really could tell you off the top of my head which cheap trick. And I feel like there's something about what makes me get emotional in movies that we haven't really hit on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's connected. So like I've told this anecdote to both of you at various times of how like um, I mean I definitely like intro prologue. I definitely get way more emotional and cry. I get pretty much only exclusively tear up at cry in movies and not in real life. Like, I get... Like, I don't experience emotion the same way in real life that I do in movies. Right. Um, and when I was a kid, my parents noticed this pretty early on, and they were like, they thought it was weird that I never cried. And then they, like, they were felt relieved when, like, they put on Homeward Bound. And I was like... They looked over, and I was, like, really... I was, like, bawling, or... They don't like sob either way, but like tear, I, I tear up very. A easily. single tear rolled yeah. down your cheek as I mean, shadow came out of the It'll forest. It'll be like many tears, but like I don't like sob like that lady yeah. in Avengers Endgame did. Yeah. Um, but I tear up very heavily and very easily in movies or TV mm-hmm. or like music. Really, like a lot of things will get me. Um, a lot of the Eurovision ones this year, the songs at Eurovision make me tear up. Mm. Um, but yeah, so with Homeward Bound, I'm not really sure. That it's any of the cheap tricks that we've talked about. Because, yes, it's about animals that, like, are stranded and they have to get home. Um, and, like, the... In the end, like, they sort of all come back. But it's, like, the cat comes back first and then Chance right, comes sassy back. and Chance. And then there's, like, this and big And he's pause. waiting for Shadow and the oldest son's like, Shadow, Yeah, Shadow. the oldest son is, like, waiting for, yeah. like, Shadow to come out. He doesn't and come out. And they're like, I guess, he's, I guess yeah, he didn't make, he didn't it. make it. And they have, like, already... We've already sort of seen him, like, go under the water or something. Right. Like, he's, like... It was like a he's, he's in mud, a bear right? Or something. No, I thought it like a car hit him or oh, something. Oh no, he right? got into like a trap or something and he couldn't get out of. The I just remember like you see him in mud. That. You see him like lying down in mud and he's yeah. like, oh, go there on. There was like a me. mud pit and like they yeah. had to sort of scream. Yeah, and they're like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get you. They're like, don't worry, Shadow. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so like that's the last you see of them basically. Then you pretty yeah. much like cut to the family at their house. Yeah, and so like you just you sort of as the audience are like, well, Shadow's not coming home, kids. Do you yeah. guys remember um, the wild contrivance that put that whole plot in motion? I mean, what what specifically are you referring to? The fact that, I, like, they leave the pets at a friend's farm? Well, there's that. There's such, like, I don't remember most of the movie, but, like, very specific So, in fact, things. do you remember the wild contrivance I that do. put this all in motion? Okay, that's Well, no, I remember the thing I'm thinking. I think <laughs> okay. of one specific thing in which... I saw this, like, two years ago. Is the last They leave the dogs and cat, I guess, at right. a friend's farm. right. She is like going off to do something else, but she like leaves a note for a guy who's coming to like look in on the pets. But then like a gust of wind goes through the barn, whips off like two or three of the notes on this pad that reveal an older one from like years before where she's like, we don't need you. You can go home. And that's all I can remember. I don't think... I mean, I that, that may very well have been a thing. I can't say for sure. The pets just leave yeah, because they decide... they like, they're like, we have to go back to our family. Like, what's happening here? They don't understand why they've been left at a farm. Yeah. So they, like, escape on their own. They just jump over it the fence. It supposes that any pets that have ever been left would, like, flee at a moment. Yeah. Back <laughs> I mean, if you want to pets. talk about contrivance, there's Homeward Bound 2 lost in San Francisco. Yeah. Now, there's a contrivance for you. I remember even less of that. <laughs> anyway, the, like, the, the moment where Shadow comes up, like, the music swells again. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of, like, it's a lot of, uh... Every, conjoining tricks. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like the fake place. death. Pets yeah, are pet involved. Yeah, the pet. There's this, music. Like the, the, like the stirring score comes That's a very recognizable thing. <laughs> 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 See, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember that fucking score. Yeah, um, I feel like that probably, like, for people of our generation, honestly, there's probably a lot of people of our generation who remember that very vividly. 
Homeward Bound is a very specific touch point to our generation. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's one. Did I, I? I only ever saw Homeward Bound, but I had I had learned as an adult there was kind of another one of Milo and Otis, which was of a similar. I that's know one, yeah, I never did. That's the one where they throw the cat off the cliff, right? What? I don't know what you it's, didn't know that. It's no. a Japanese movie, first of all, but like apparently they had very lax safety regulations around what oh, they could dear. or could not do for the animals while filming. And I think there's one point where it like falls off the edge of a precipice, and apparently they just threw the cat off the edge of a precipice. Uh, anyways, oh my god, did it live? I don't know. Please, <laughs> it was a Japanese film, but then it was just dubbed over. Yeah, because I don't think there are people in it. I've never seen it the whole way through, but I thought that there weren't really people in it. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. With Homeward Bound, though, like obviously there's the music and everything, but I feel like there's something about the impossible. I feel like uh, what makes me tear up oftentimes more than like negative things like sadness or loss or, or like positive things like hope or yeah. like things that I've realized. Right. It's like the dogs, like the animals went through yeah. so much to see the family that they love. Yeah. And so like, I feel like that's another thing that gets me like, that's why a lot of the Eurovision songs make me tear up. Like it's like the, the, the things they're doing or the things they're thinking about or like the, the motives behind the song, um, all get to me. Like a lot of, a lot of, like, if you can get, like, real-world stuff into it mm-hmm. that I find out somehow, it'll, like, affect me way more, too, I think. Like, I find out that, like, X was, like, based on a, a writer's personal experience or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of us teared up at Pokemon the first movie? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't remember. I truly During don't. During the Poke Brother... The Brother, My Brother sequence? I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it. you never so. seen really? Pokemon the first movie? Wow. I'm surprised. I felt like there I was, was also reading, probably we were like talking a touchstone. About, there was an article the other day because Detective Pikachu is out. I really yeah. want to see it. I just have not had time. Um, but like, there was an article about why like, my Mewtwo was in that movie, and it was about Pokemon the first movie and how like for a lot of people our age, it's like the first movie that like kids would have cried at because yeah. of, like we all saw it. It was Pokemon. Ash dies. Ash dies. Yeah. And yeah, like the Pokemon are like it's like it's fairly. It's Pokemon, but it's fairly brutal in the depiction of like just an- like the way that Pikachu just slapping the other Pikachu and they're both crying. <laughs> it's also hilarious. It's also hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's more so when you have like the more shall we say violent or robust Pokemon fighting yeah. each other, right? Because you have you, you you have some larger, less adorable ones attacking each other, so it's less cute. They're not just slapping each other. Yeah. And then obviously, again, you've had like a character who is beloved to children but die. But I think it's worse. I think it's worse that these two things, all they have the energy for is like a slap Gentle at that slaps, point. Double slap. But they're like in tears because they've done it like for hours, but like it's like the kids. Well, they just like peter yeah, out, right? Don't they just kind yeah. of like peter out eventually? Yeah, basically. It's a whole big thing. You gotta see the movie anyway. I gotta? You gotta. Okay. I just told you, you gotta see the movie. <laughs> yeah, what part of that really, did you not understand? I don't understand? know what brother my brother is, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I've seen then we'll watch Pikachu's Vacation beforehand. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, in the end, like I said, Ash dies, then, like, all the Pokemon start crying, so as a child, you're like, oh, I too wish to yeah. cry, because Ash has just died, right? Like, this, yes, every, they're, they're saying it's okay to cry, so I too may you. cry. Exactly. So, like, I mean, I think whether or not these things are effective is mostly just, you know, a question of what's effective to you, because like we said, like, with Avengers, yeah. right, clearly that was effective for the one person who was, like, very distraught by the ending of it, but, yeah. like, it, I mean, you know, as I said, it was still emotionally effective to me, not to the point that I felt like crying but so, like, like what's a win and a loss for like a creator with getting you to cry is it like if anyone cries it's a win no because i mean again like like what's you know i, I feel like if it's coming from like a genuine 
But this is this also goes back to like how do you know what's in someone's heart that's when they're like, crying? Remember right? me is not a win, right? Like that's just right. like come no. on. No, but I mean I feel like well I also would like did anyone ever cry remember me? Like that's what that's or, my thing though. Yeah. But, like it's, it's some of the things that you can see from a mile away is just being cloying and like right. it's awesome. and I mean it's like so ridiculous that as a twist I don't see how you can emotionally connect. So like I guess like as a win it would be something like if it's coming from a place of genuine affection and emotion you're feeling for the characters or yeah. this particular situation you're seeing. So like but like as I said again like how are you, like who are you to determine what one person's yeah. connection is with this sort of thing? I mean we can all rule out things that are clearly absurd like remember me. Yeah. But on the other hand you know as I said. Avengers um, Endgame. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, there are things we can definitely say are, are bullshit, but they're, after that, it's sort of like, well, just, you know, is this effective to you? What's then your bullshit? Indeed, it's effective. Yeah, what is your like bullshit? Like that movie Hero, where Dustin Hoffman talks about what's your bullshit. We should do the movie Hero. Next I don't remember this movie at all. You remember the movie Hero with Dustin Hoffman and Andy Garcia? No. And, I um, to it. Gina Davis? It's really good. So... Um, We've been kind of talking about the, you know, the movies and scenes that stand out to you as genuinely emotional or things that have the most meaning to you. I feel like we sort of hit upon some of them as we've been having this discussion just in general. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw out as just important things? Uh, yeah, honestly, I think I've said all the ones that are like really seminal to me. Like, Micho Black was pretty big. Um, Pokemon, the first movie, was pretty big. About the Martian. Oh. And then Martian got me, but yeah. not... I guess, like, I was measuring it not ex- I, which is maybe like narrow-minded mm. i was measuring it in like tears and the martian okay. doesn't make me tear up but okay like, the martian it just makes like, you feel that way yeah it's just like a great move it's like a great sentiment i would yeah. agree with that i'm moved emotionally by it yeah for sure I, I also did not cry but i was like i i mean i felt like i felt like I swelled with the movie i felt like yeah i felt like i had emotion like, legit emotional catharsis by the end of it there's not like a one moment in the martian that does that for me it's sort of like the over like the whole thing like the mm-hmm. whole idea of like everyone working so much together money. yes I know so much money being spent <laughs> on just getting home. Matt Damon off Mars <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day do we need him that badly yeah but no no I agree I, that was one I just, just brought like up because I know one. we had all seen that movie and it was yeah. something we had talked about just being like generally you know emotionally moving to us so I wasn't sure to what degree but that's I mean that's I guess all of Doctor Who is really that too. It's the sort of sense of like everyone di- everyone lives, no one has to die. Yeah. Like the sort of impossible, like Im- the impossible being true for one day. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of songs like I got. We're straying from like movies if I have to talk about this, but like if you must, a lot of songs will do that for me in a similar way too. Um, I feel like there are two ways that I can be moved in movies, and one of them is something that is like aspirational for like how the real world should be maybe mm-hmm. or like things that are like like again like the martian or doctor who or like uh we're about like idealistic an idealistic version of our world or, yeah like, setting forth like things that are not always possible in the real world but make you think that they could be um and then there are like very like f- sort of pseudo i don't want to say fake but like very theatrical ways that i could be moved in by like movies or songs um, where, like, they're not things that I would be moved at the same way in real life, nor should. Like, there are, there's, like, a, in the latest, um, Mariana's Trench album, there's, like, a, con- the concept is this, like, gothic romance concept, and, like, it sort of is, like, a lot of songs about the ghost of this loved one haunting him, and the last song is called The Killing Kind, and it's, like, a very intense theatrical song, and it gets, sort of, it gets very dark and creepy, and it seems to either imply that he's, 
he ends the story by like killing the person he loves to avoid having to break up with them, or that he kills himself because he can't deal with it. Yikes. Or both. Uh, it could be a murder suicide scenario. Um, and that is like not aspirational, <laughs> obviously. And it's not something that I would ever feel in real life. Like I can't really imagine feeling like that, but like I like being able to It is getting you emotionally. Yeah, it's sort of like a like a, a you ever seen that movie? We've talked about it. Um, actually, I can't remember the name. It's a very fine movie about VR, but like for your brain, where you make you feel the things that they feel. Ready Player One? No. <laughs> I don't know. Such was, disdain uh, in that no. It was, no, it was like an old... I mean, it's not a good movie, so... Uh, I've talked about it before, but it takes place in like a pseudo-1999, but it was well before 1999 ever happened in real life. I um, cannot think of what this would be. All like. I can yeah. Google is Ray Fine VR movie Strange Days is what it's called. Oh, oh yeah, okay. there are like that. the brain recordings. Yeah. Record that did just... sound really interesting. By we the way. should all watch it. It's really good. It's a mystery, you said, right? It's like a, yeah, it's like a sort of a neo noir. Um, but you put it's not just like the the touch or whatever. It's like the emotions and like the sensory feel. So it's like full brain VR mm. <laughs> sort of. And like one of the things the killer does is he like he like. It's really twisted. He, like, kills a woman but puts the thing on so that they feel the, ex- the ecstasy that he feels of killing them while uh-huh. he's killing them. <laughs> which is, like, super fucked up. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, not in that way at all, but, like, the brain VR is kind of, like, what I enjoy with movies that can make me, like, feel the, like, the weird anger of being, like, a psychotic per- You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it feels like a fun, like, uh, tourist experiment and, like... <laughs> A, a crazy revenge fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, someone's, like, thing that you'd never want to do in real life, but that you could experience in the comfort of, like, it's fake. Video games probably do this better, too, right? Because there's more of a sense that, like, you're the person involved. Yeah. In right. Um, it's more immersive. But I way. feel like movies and music can do that for you if you, like, immerse yourself in it. Mm. So there are ways that I feel like you can be moved by things where it's, like, not because you relate to it, but because you're immersing yourself in a very heightened theatrical feeling or... Yeah, mood. and if you find yourself fully... In, like, this is also dumb, but I uh, I played this, like, series of, like, episodic horror games called The Last Door, and it's not, it's not very, like, beautifully animated, but it's very effective at telling a very moody and atm- atmospheric story. And I remember I was playing it while I, like, was kind of stepping out to do laundry, and the sun had been setting, like, pretty, pretty quickly. And I remember I, like, paused during, like, a section of the game, which was essentially, like, they play you through the original Wicker Man. And it was, like, really creepy. And, like, I stepped out. I had, like, leave the building to, like, go to the next one over to change laundry. And I just felt so, like, tense and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I had so clearly just internalized, like, all yeah. of that tension. And, like, oh, it was so good. Yeah. So I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about the former idea of, like... It's moving because it's, like, it's a thing that you feel in real life all the yeah. time or, like, a feeling that, like, you relate to. But I feel like there is this other world of, like, uh, putting you in the shoes of something that you don't necessarily want or should feel. Gravity. Yeah. Gravity was one of, like, the most, like... Yes. Seeing it in theaters, like, on a big screen in 3D was, like, one of the most, like, straight up, just, like, immersive... Yeah. Like, anxious. like yeah, like, it, ca- it caused it caused such anxiety <laughs> and in dread, me. honestly. Yeah, so, like, in, I'm, like, it's a good movie, it's still a good movie on video, like, watching it on a regular TV, like, I still get this, but there was really nothing that compares to seeing it on an enormous screen, like, just, you know, the, the sense of you floating through space yeah. was just, like, it, it was such, like, it was so 
butt-clenchingly yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was just, like, it was truly an experience, the likes of which I never had before, and will probably never have again And then the when she lands, the release that you feel oh, yeah. is unreal. Yeah. You're just I know. Like, and, like, the scene where, like, it's, like, she goes underwater, and she's, like, struggling to get out, and just, like, for a second, you're like, oh, fuck, is she gonna drown after all this shit? <laughs> but, like, when it happens, you realize you exhale in a way that you have not been able to for, like, that yeah. entire movie. We've also brought up Gravity a few times when we've done yeah. these kind of genre yeah. discussions. I think that's sort of a testament to how effective it is in making there's, us feel something. Well, there's yeah. a lot of other really good emotional touch points for me in Gravity. One of them is a unique... It's a unique... Um, I don't know if it's, like, a mood or emotion so much as, like, a theme, I guess, that I that really gets to me. But, like, when she's stranded, but she has that one point of communication with... Oh, with the to, like, Inuit guy or whoever yeah, it is. Yeah, a random guy on a shortwave radio yeah. or something. And, like, she's just happy to talk to someone. Right, that and sense like, of, like connection across immense isolation and language like because neither one really knows yeah. what they're saying it's really beautiful but she's like happy to just talk to someone yeah and there's also i think i mentioned it the last time we talked about gravity but like those moments where she finds like pockets of safety amidst this like unforgiving landscape right. are like i get this like, this, this happens in video games a lot too like a lot of video games have the concept of like a safe room and like there's a unique feeling to like Knowing that, like, while you're here, you're safe. Yes. Like, you can't be here forever. Right. But, like, you, 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 like, have a break. And it's, like, you just, you know it's safe. Like... And then you have to re-psych yourself up to step <laughs> yeah, out of that safe Right, because you know you have to go back out into yeah, space right. and, like, deal with all this shit nonetheless. Especially that one image of where she kind of is, like, fetal positioning. Yeah. And there's that sort of, like, yeah, umbilical cord, like, yeah. thing. And she's yeah. just sort of floating there. And you're just like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Like, we can, like, chill for a second. Take that nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that nap. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a very complicated. It's not like an emotion that can be boiled down into a word, but I feel like that is fairly related. I bet the Germans have a word for it. It's probably a very long one. Yeah, they have a it's word for like everything. A it's a yeah, it's a compound just word. Yeah, word you know how they do. Add words onto yeah. it. I'm a real language German. Ugh, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> you're not speaking a real language <laughs> all right well i guess uh that probably wraps up i think we've talked about pretty much anything we wanted to talk about for this subject yeah. so we will be back in two weeks with me joe black and our cocktail and we'll see you guys then bye, bye. bye.